Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to this travel edition of the Hyperion Hub. This is John Redling Schaefer, not John Alois, John Redling Schaefer carrying you through this episode from the lobby of the Disney Fantasy, one of the crown jewels of the Disney Cruise Line fleet. I'm here after 20 hours at Walt Disney World. That's what I want to focus on on this episode. 20 hours at Walt Disney World. That's not what you usually plan for. You're thinking 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 months in advance that you're going to be out and about for a week or maybe two at the most magical place on earth. So what are we doing for 20 hours at Walt Disney World? Well, I just gave you a clue at the top of the episode. There is an unwritten rule that you are playing with fire if you try to arrive the day your cruise disembarks from the port. We are... If you haven't taken a Disney cruise, number one, I encourage you to do it. And if you are signed up for one, there are countless social media options for you to follow, including Facebook pages that are dedicated to the particular cruise you're on. And so sure enough, we heard or saw on social media this morning certain reports of people being trapped with traffic being closed due to a horrible accident on Interstate 95. Also, others faced huge air travel delays with either flight cancellations or missing their connecting flights and having to drive from parts unknown to Orlando to pick up their luggage and then come over to Port Canaveral. We actually left the port uh, earlier today. Um, we have a evening here at sea and then day two in sea as part of our seven-day itinerary, and I'll get to that later. But the point is, we knew we wanted to be in Central Florida at least a day in advance. So we planned a 20-hour trip to Walt Disney World. We arrived at noon at the Riviera Resort our first time staying in a resort where we are a DVC member. And I have to say, what a magnificent property. I know we've talked about it in the past. I'm not going to elaborate on that. But again, we did have to do some prep work. Uh, we had to know exactly the day we wanted to be there. We got our reservations using our points. We did not do a dining plan or anything like that. Actually, the dining plan came out after we had planned that one day on property. As we got closer... And I've lamented on this before that the type A in me would love to have fast passes in the old days, you know, 30 to 60 days out and have everything planned. It actually worked out this time that on the way to the park, remember that morning, now that we have Genie Plus and Individual Lightning Lane, we decided to select what we really truly wanted to do. And about a month prior had talked about the idea of at least a park hopper pass for my family because we knew there were some new rides that we hadn't seen, the main focus there being Epcot and the Magic Kingdom. We had not been to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride, nor had we been on Tron over the Magic Kingdom. So we knew that was going to be the basis of our very short stay. So sure enough, we get to Riviera. We've already booked individual lightning lanes for Tron and for Guardians of the Galaxy. We also that morning uh, wanted to do a ride we'd only done once, a Genie Plus option for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So, yeah, we knew we weren't going to hit everything, but the goal was to try to hit some of the high points, some of the new points, sample some of the foods that we've come to love, 
and then get on our way to Port Canaveral. So sure enough, we take the Skyliner, which is our first mode of transportation. We take that over to Epcot from Riviera, and well, that takes us right into the International Gateway. Sure enough, we pick up right there at Remy's Ride, and you know, hard to pass up ice cream, especially with four children. So as soon as we're done with Remy, the kids get their ice cream. I go over to Les Halles, the, the boulangerie, for uh, a certain sandwich that I love. It's the Brio, it's the Brio Pomme, which is in essence apple and cheese. And you heat that up and it's just magnificent. I suppose I should say, très magnifique. After we get off of Remy, we're gonna start moseying around towards the United Kingdom. Trust me, I absolutely was appalled with the idea of not going the normal way, the correct way, John which is starting on the other side of the World Showcase and starting at the United Kingdom. I didn't have a choice, came in the International Gateway, so I still felt compelled to retrace my steps and go backwards out that way. Uh, had to hit the land. That's just a tradition in our family, uh, farming family, and we would not be in Epcot if we didn't stop at the land for our ride through to take a look at all the hidden Mickeys and all of the fun hydroponic and uh, agricultural uh, things growing over there in the lab. We get done with the land. Well, it's time for Guardians. We had some who were excited, some who didn't really want to try it, so we split off at that point. Which, as the kids get older, I think that's something that's kind of fun. A couple of us went over to the Contemporary because there was actually a couple of things over in the gift shop that we wanted to purchase, namely a coffee mug where the handle is the monorail. Something that you know we can enjoy with cups of coffee in the many years to come. The remainder of the family rode Guardians of the Galaxy. The first time they got on, you know, there's, uh, spoiler alert, there are certain songs that you can get as you ride the ride, and my daughter was absolutely thrilled to get Earth, Wind, and Fire's September uh, for their first time on the ride. So once they concluded their Guardians of the Galaxy ride, we met up at the gates of the Magic Kingdom, had our picture in front of the 100th sign there in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the company. And sure enough, as we're doing that, we hear a familiar whistle. And I could not believe my eyes and ears. Yes, the trains are running again around the park. So we hopped on the Lillian Bell and went back to the back of the park because we just booked another Genie Plus option for Big Thunder Mountain, my absolute favorite ride on property. So we were able to get that done. At that point, we were all getting kind of famished for round two of food. And well, at that point, we split up again, and that's okay. Thanks to mobile order, we were able to all get something we wanted through quick service while we were in line at Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, the boys uh, in the family, I went to Pecos Bill for various uh, nachos and a, a bacon cheeseburger, which you know, when you think Mexican food, bacon cheeseburgers right there. The girls went over to Columbia Harbor House, which is one of our secret locations to go up on the second floor, air-conditioned, clean, and away from a good number of folks if you just kind of want to collect your thoughts. After that was done, well, I got volunteered. That's not fair. I actually volunteered. Um, happily Ever After is back in the park, and a family favorite for us. So I decided to take one for the team and went into the hub and started scouting for a spot while the other family members went over and experienced Tron and Barnstormer, which it goes back when the kids were very little. Uh, 
they, we can't leave the park without at least reminiscing and, and enjoying a, a ride on Barnstormer. So they got to do that. So for about 90 to 120 minutes, yours truly was trying to figure out where he should try to save a spot for fireworks. We've had hits and misses over the years. Uh, sometimes we end up behind a tree we didn't expect or we get pushed, um, not hard, but uh, just the, the size of the crowd can nudge you in a certain direction away from a good view. Well, I'm not gonna tell you exactly where, that's, that's gonna be my secret going forward, but after talking with a cast member who was starting to rope off and, and tape certain pathways in and around the hub for the show, I started asking her some questions. She gave me some pointers on some places where she's watched, but then I explained to her, right where I was, that in addition to a little ledge and some seating, if I was able to form a half circle with six bodies, I thought we'd be in a position to have a nice little cocoon and a great view of the castle. And to her credit, she hummed and hawed about it. And after really listening to me go through with my plan, she agreed. And so sure enough, as it got closer, it got darker and the rest of the family came out from their various rides. I had already placed certain camera bags and bottles of water and already started to box off certain people who were apparently thinking the same place that I wanted was a good idea. And we made it. We formed our cocoon. We had foot to foot on all the way around, formed our half moon. And as the show started, we were ready to go. Happily ever after, so good to have back. Tinkerbell coming across right by our location, have some wonderful photographs and most importantly, some wonderful memories. So that night, yeah, we're tired, but we're pushing hard. Our third mode of transportation, because again, we all took the monorail from Epcot over the Magic Kingdom. Our third mode of transportation was the bus back to Riviera. So even in 20 hours, we were able to ride three modes of transportation. So we take the bus back to the resort. What my wife had not told me was that on the way down to Riviera, she wanted to surprise us all with breakfast at Topolino's. Topolino's Terrace is the restaurant at the top, the 10th floor of the Riviera. And sure enough, breakfast, which is what we did before we left property, was a character meal with Mickey the artist, Donald the sculptor, Daisy the ballerina, and Minnie the fashionista. What a wonderful experience. What tremendous food. If you haven't looked at the menu for Topolinos, please do so. The breakfast is to die for. And so that concluded a wonderful, short, and intense 20 hours on property. We hopped in the vehicle and got on our way to Port Canaveral. So I really, in terms of summarizing, it's hard. It's hard to say. It was intense, but it wet the appetite for not being able to get to the park as frequently as we could over the last year. We were able to walk, see what we wanted to see, ride some new stuff, and more importantly, spend some time together. Yes, most of my contributions from this trip will be about cruise activities and cruise line tidbits, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that quick 20-hour trip. If you happen to be traveling through the area on your way somewhere else to a final destination, even though it doesn't seem like a traditional Disney World trip, I highly recommend it. It whets your appetite for the next time when you can spend a little more time, and you can cross off some things you've never done before. Tron. Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Topolinos, staying at Riviera. Those all came off our list, and we are very experienced travelers and very blessed to do so. So until next time, take care, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of John's trip report. This is going to be a quick look at some tips and tricks for those who maybe are the most experienced Disney Cruise Line riders or maybe first-time sailors on this magnificent experience. I'm sure many folks have a whole bunch of thoughts and opinions and may disagree with some things that I offer today. And I, as I mentioned, I think the biggest tidbit there is is to make sure you are nearby the night before your cruise. We see every time people posting their horror stories of travel issues that cause them to either miss or make that boarding day uh, for debarkation uh, a, a very hectic and scary experience to make sure they get there. In any event, I want to focus on a few other things. Now, we do occasionally have a family member who gets a little seasick. That seasickness gets better when they get their legs back. Um, but in addition to prescription patches that doctors can give you to put on the back of your ear. It was a unique place to put it. There are some other options and some pretty basic. One of the most basic they recommend on the ship itself is room service will bring you ginger ale and green apples. A unique combination when taken together actually helps calm the seasickness. And we had it, we had it ordered a little bit in advance in anticipation of our family member getting a little woozy sure enough it was delivered and it turned out to work just again now we do have a patch ready for her as well but she was trying to be tough uh, and try to go without it but I'm happy to report that she's doing quite well another interesting perhaps um, less than earth-friendly uh, tidbit that we use in our room the the Disney Company obviously is well aware and very environmentally friendly. So what happens is you go into your room and the lights and the air conditioning and the heater, I suppose if you're really cold coming back from the pool, uh, shut off after a certain amount of time, especially when you're not in the room. Well, that can be remedied when you put a card of some sort in a little slot by the door. Well, what we recommend, what I recommend is that whether it be your library card or your membership in the fill-in-the-blank club you leave that in there so while you're maybe sleeping or just hopping in and out for dinner and you want the room to stay cool everything can stay on yep again I'm not environmentally friendly in that comment uh, but I also know that discomfort and uh, kids reminding you of their discomfort is less than pleasant too Another tidbit I wanted to share, you're going to have to partake in a federally mandated muster drill to start off your cruise. It's not fun. Some of the assigned areas for which you have to go through the, the drill and learn the ropes um, are outside. And in June, that's pretty warm. That usually happens around four o'clock the afternoon of your cruise. The very first time we were here, we thought, well, we don't want to be late. We got there at 3.30 and sat and waited for everybody else to get there. This time, we got there at 3.57, 3.58 maybe. We came right in. The drill started about 4.05. We were out the door at 4.10. Fortunately, our drill was inside, 
and you do learn valuable information on what to do in the unlikely event you need to put on your life preserver. So don't be in a big hurry to go for that. However, you do need to be in a big hurry to go up to the top deck and enjoy the castaway party when you push off the lines and we get on our way with all of your favorite characters. This year is also the 25th anniversary of the Disney Cruise Line, and so uh, this cruise we have seen special decorations throughout the ship, but also select merchandise and your favorite characters in a very special teal color. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it, it, it is a fantastic uh, addition to an otherwise you know, amazing experience. There's actually going to be on this cruise a 25th anniversary celebration for fireworks. What's unique as well is that Pirate Night, which is pretty much constant on every cruise line where we have our Pirates of the Caribbean night, and this cruise also sails over the 4th of July, we're going to experience three fireworks shows at sea. A very rare experience. So, if you, I suppose my tidbit here would be now, in addition to Pirate Night, maybe try to book your cruise over the 4th of July and you can have uh, a couple extra uh, fireworks shows. One other thing to remember is that you will have access to the internet for a fee on the Disney Cruise Line. Now, it had been probably four years since we were last on a cruise, and with family members having actually this time uh, various medical procedures over our trip, we learned that you can log on to the Disney Cruise Line's guest Wi-Fi. You're not going to have your standard access to everything. You know, there's still the fee for the more, you know, emails and, uh, you know, some work that needs to be done for those uh, that are required to do it. But this time we learned that iMessage on Apple iPhones, iPads, will still go through without buying the extra internet package. So typically you get on the cruise line, you turn your phone into airplane mode, and hopefully you've downloaded the Disney Cruise Line app in advance because if, you, if you've ever been on the cruise, you know that that's where you find your itineraries, you're able to communicate with your family on the ship, and also keep tabs of where the character meet and greets are and the like. But now to add this component while we have uh, the ability to check in with family and friends. Uh, you can't send pictures, but you can still, even for free, you can send iMessages. I say that as a helpful hint to all of my Android-carrying friends that you're not going to hear from me, but all of my iPhone friends will hear from me, um, whether you like it or not, and maybe my Android friends would prefer that this stay this way too. So, these are a few ideas, topics, considerations, I have a few more. Maybe we can talk about that when I give my full trip report when we get back. But these are just a few things that stuck out um, as we kind of get on our way uh, for a seven-day adventure throughout the Caribbean, uh, culminating with a stay at Castaway Key uh, for the day on our way back to Port Canaveral. Friends, take care, and we'll talk soon. Hello again. Just a few more tidbits I think we can add to the tips and tricks memo. I think there's no particular order here. So one other tidbit to think about when you go on your Disney cruise is bringing a larger drink container, say a hydro flask or something like that. Um, fountain drinks are free for the most part on your Disney cruise. 
and there are various filling stations, I guess we'll call them, uh, over by the pool area. Now, my germaphobe friends like me, yeah, we we got to make sure that we're the lips of our cups and containers aren't touching the ice uh, dispenser or the um, fountain drink dispenser. But at the same time, it's so much easier to fill up um, one large container at a time, maybe for overnight or just for the afternoon, um, or more importantly, for an excursion you may be leaving on. We actually brought a little small cooler bag that we could take off the boat with us and filled all six of our containers full of lemonade or water or things like that. Um, additionally, um, I have to say the technology and not just the iMessage change um, that I mentioned earlier, there is Wi-Fi available on your Disney cruise. Um, it is now something you can buy per day or for the duration. Uh, it used to be a data-driven process where you used and you could check your meter as to how much data you had left. I'm not sure which method is better, um, but for those at-sea days, if you just have to do some work or if you're a social media guru, you can find ways to have Wi-Fi access while you're on board. Um, one last fun uh, tidbit um, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with uh, uh, nautical um, terminology, you'll quickly learn words such as forward, aft, midship, starboard, port. But if at any time you're lost on the Disney Cruise Line um, and you're uh, roaming down some hallway with a bunch of rooms, take a look down at the carpet. Uh, there are stars inlaid into the carpet and the tip, the top of the stars actually point towards the front of the boat. Uh, that was very helpful the first time I was on a Disney cruise line. So for those of you that have ever been on a Disney cruise or looking to do a Disney cruise, if you've ever checked the Disney cruise website, uh, you will see that there are options to actually leave the ship when you are at port. And it's not just for um, not just for shopping or anything's right there directly at the port. There are uh, options called excursions, and so I I will tell you this: when you are contemplating a Disney cruise, take a look at the the options for the particular ports. Now, there's a lot that can go into this. There certainly is an extra uh, fee attached with all of these. And even the timing in which you can book these excursions can depend on your level, uh, your membership level, so to speak. The loyalty program for the Disney Cruise Line is broken into four main categories. Silver member, gold member, platinum member, and pearl member of the Castaway Club. Um, the Castaway Club, um, you get a special lanyard, if that's your thing, to wear with your key to the world card that um, will soon be replaced, I hear, through certain bands. But... That membership status allows you X number of days in advance. Uh, for example, silver member, uh, 90 days prior to sailing, uh, you can add these you know, port excursions and other cruise activities. It's 105 days for gold, 120 for platinum, and 123 for pearl members. Now, obviously, DVC, uh, Golden Oak, and others have certain additional opportunities too. Um, but for the most part, it's this loyalty program that dictates when you can book these types of excursions and other experiences. Now, this was the first time we'd done port excursions um, on this trip. Um, the kids are a little bit older, and we thought it would be fun. We did one in Cozumel, um, and I apologize for if I'm mispronouncing this, but it's the Alabrije painting workshop inspired by Disney's Coco. So we got to Cozumel, and we got on an air-conditioned bus, a nice charter bus, 
for a 20-minute drive to the Mayan Cacao Company. We had a 40-minute chocolate workshop and tour um, that showcased the origin of the Mayan cacao through the ages. We observed the manufacturing process, different stages of chocolate production, and we got to sample some of their uh, fine product. Once we uh, finished that tour, we went over to a workshop and sat down as a family and as a group um, and painted um, a beautiful uh, spirit animal, uh, much like our beloved Dante in the movie Coco. We got to choose a wooden figurine and then spend an hour or so painting our own spirit animals uh, to take home with us. Now, in terms of how we got on that excursion, again, we booked in advance. The day of, um, there will be a notification, and actually on the the Disney Cruise Line app, there will be a uh, there will be information as to where you're supposed to meet, what time. In this instance, it was at the D Lounge on the fourth floor midship, and you are checked in. Uh, it's a very, very thorough process. You're checked in. You're given a Disney character sticker, and then uh, at your uh, selected time, those of you wearing this sticker are um, asked to get up and walk down to the uh, walk down to the pier, and you're taken through at that point and handed over to your guide for the excursion. So in this uh, particular um, excursion, we made sure that, you know, you stayed with your group, uh, but they were very good about counting us throughout every time. We only had to load twice. We were returned back to the port to do a little bit of shopping before we got back on the boat. Um, But I I have to say, um, you know, each port is different. Each excursion is different. But I have to say that uh, the general theme for this and the other excursion we did was appreciation. You could tell that they um, these are independent companies that run these excursions. They are not Disney employees. And the uh, love and kindness that we saw from all of those attached really meant something in that we could clearly see they, um, they missed the tourist trade and were appreciative of us coming back. Uh, that actually culminated um, when we were in Jamaica. We didn't do a port excursion there, but the Falmouth, Jamaica uh, send-off from shop vendors, uh, even the customs officials waving and screaming, please come back. Uh, we love you. We, we love seeing you. Uh, tell a friend. It was, it was very heartfelt, you could tell. Um, so that was our Cozumel excursion. Uh, after Cozumel, we did do one more, and it was the Dolphin Encounter and Stingray City excursion on Grand Cayman Island. Now, again, each of these have their various costs and duration, so you need to think about how long it will take throughout your day. There are times when uh, the ship is going to leave, the debarkation time, so make sure, you know, Disney obviously is not going to leave you. We saw that in Jamaica. There was a late excursion, and they did hold the boat, Um, But if you're wandering on your own, that's a much different scenario. But again, you also need to think about, do I want to spend six, seven, eight hours away um, from the boat? um, That, you know, do I need to contemplate food, snacks? Most of those longer excursions do have food provided, but you need to be be very careful and take a look. Um, This one at Grand Cayman was really fun. Um, We took a short uh, bus trip to uh, the Dolphin Discovery Center where we actually swam with dolphins. Uh, and or got to know them uh, up close and personal. Uh, These are some photographs and memories that I always treasure. Secondly, um, we then took off on about a half-hour boat ride to a place called Stingray City, which is just a sandbar um, out in the Big Harbor where you can uh, 
hold a stingray. And, you know, for the most part, um, there are trained personnel in there to make sure they're not a, uh, an aggressive stingray. Um, but again, a great photographic memory. And, you know, these port excursions, my wife and I were talking about this, these port excursions are opportunities to make memories. We have photographs. Yes, they do cost money in addition. But, uh, you know, there are so many uh, trinkets you can buy and, you know, things like that. But overall, it's the experiences that I hope uh, our kids uh, appreciated a lot more. Uh, so, again, if you're looking to do these excursions, um, you know, one other element I would advise about um, relates to gratuities. They are not mandated, um, but, you know, certainly don't be shy about tipping for those individuals who go above and beyond. Um, and quite frankly, everybody went above and beyond on our excursions this trip. So we certainly uh, appreciated all of the things they did for us. So if you have any questions uh, about uh, excursions and things like that, let us know and contact us through uh, our various social media uh, and or email, and I'd be happy to answer those for you. Friends, I hope my tidbits and hints were helpful for those of you thinking about or those of you already going on an upcoming Disney cruise. I know my family absolutely loves the experience. We're actually going to cheat and head just a little bit north once we get off the boat and head to Disney's Hilton Head Resort here to kind of decompress a little bit, which isn't that hard to do once you get off the ship, but still a little more time along the beach and just sitting and doing nothing goes a long way. One last tip before I step foot off of this boat, sure enough, we did take advantage of a long-standing tradition on the Disney Cruise Line, which is booking at a pretty significant discount a subsequent cruise in the upcoming year. Don't hesitate to contact us through the podcast with any follow-up questions, concerns, and any other comments you'd want to share with us. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. Yeah.